Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of Texas Podcast Massacre. I'm indeed your host, Tank Rodriguez. Joined with me today are my other host. We got Jimothy James Dean, the Submaster. How you doing, sir? Sub, sub, sub. Doing good, man. Good. Awesome. And of course, it wouldn't be complete without the Dr. Derek. Uh, what? I, God dang it, I messed it up. I had a nickname for you. It's Dr. Derek Dirty Hyde. There we go. Like kind of a Dr. Jekyll. Dirty Hyde? sounded a lot cooler in my head. <laughs> oh, I, I was like, 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 like hide is in my, is in my back end. I'm like, no, man, are you sure, man? I'm clean. Like, I'm like, that's that's it. He's talking about your, your flesh, your hide. Yeah. And my hide. Tanner my, Tanner my hide. Yeah. How's it going, man? Uh, yeah. Or he's talking about your hide from that 70s show, which, dude, uh, turns out to be pretty no, dirty. No, I do not. I do not want to be. That is, <laughs> that is not. You know, that's the kind of. He's the real doctor. He's the real dirty D. That's such that's such a such a huge disappointment because he yeah. was my favorite character on that show, and and you know like he didn't have that much of like uh, you know an acting career. He was on like Yes Man. That's pretty much what I remember him from doing after that. Oh, show. he was he was on that show, The Ranch. He was on that Netflix oh, show, The yeah. Ranch. With the he was doing that like, show, Ranch, when everything came they, out. Yeah, yeah, they they wrote him up, man. That's what but, that's what Scientology will do, you, man. Fuck yeah, you up, and the you fact know? that he didn't get away with it being a Scientologist—that's even the weirder part. Yeah. Well, he, they just I had mean, too just... many allegations come out at once, and yeah. then, and he actually—the thing is—he had had allegations for years, but they were burying it. But it, once that whole the Me Too movement came out, and a lot of people were just—they they just couldn't. It was like a a t- tidal wave of people accused. But he's gross behavior for many many years. So fuck that L- dude. Hell L- run out. Or going to prison, and then I don't even know if at this point he's actually been to court or whatever. Yeah, I think he. Yeah, I think I think he's. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They, I, I know they indicted him. Um, yeah. Well, but, if it's all true. Anyways, yeah, go <laughs> sorry for sorry for taking it into that direction. Hey, but, uh, but, you know, nope. uh, speaking Good of uh, strange news, uh, we just talk about a little bit about a Stranger Things. We got uh, Robert England joining season four of Stranger Things. Um, I'm not sure what his what part he's gonna play in that in that series, but I mean he's gonna play a kill, he's gonna play a killer. Oh man, that would be awesome. Is he? He's gonna play? Yeah. So he's gonna. I guess they they were saying his role is gonna be that of a convicted killer from the town that has been locked away in an asylum for like the past like twenty years, and by some happen circumstance he escapes and. Goes as like editor, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street vibe-ish. Yeah, very there. much so. I, I wouldn't even. I, I mean, granted, I'm not sure. You know, what what time period they're 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 in at this certain point. I mean, I know it's still the '80s, uh, but I mean, I wouldn't be mad if there was a Freddy Krueger reference as far as him actually reprising the role in there. Uh, but uh, but that that seems like a good fit, like a, a serial killer for him. Eh, I'm, I'm just. Well, I'm, the thing is, I. I was hoping for more of a uh, honestly. I was hoping for more of like a because he's such a sweet guy in real life, and he's such like especially when he plays heroic roles, he's he's pretty charming. Uh, so I, honestly, I was kind of hoping for a uh, you know a a Sean Astin kind of like hey look how lovable this guy is uh, yeah, kind of role, but damn. but at the same time, him playing a killer is also dope. So I mean, I, it's a win. I mean, you, as long you, as you never got... you never know too. Like I mean, you never know. Like is he like a wrongly convicted killer that like exactly. seems to save the town or you know maybe he's been to the upside down before and that's exactly like, exactly that's a, exactly yeah. could be a thing of like he knew about the upside down he was exposed to it before and yeah. everybody thought he was crazy and yeah we'll see well, yeah. either way maybe, I'm so had, maybe somebody had killed as a result of the upside down and that's why he got shipped off because he blamed it on who knows mm. like you know what stranger things if you're listening like happy to jump in james and i for season five just like that's that. right Exactly. Oh yeah, screw me. Yeah, screw me, right? <laughs> I don't want I don't want to do Stranger Things. <laughs> no, what <laughs> It's one of my favorite shows. Like you I can, you can help provide you can help provide Castle Rock. Oh my god. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I rewatched it like a, a maybe like a month ago. And you know, it, it doesn't have closure on Alexi. So I'm, I have a little fan theory that Alexi isn't dead either. Uh, but I mean, because to me on season three, like he was like the, um, the most emotional character, 
uh, out of that series. You, you grew to love him. Man, uh, I'm telling you though, I my uh, spoiler, uh, my my heartfelt Stranger Things moment was in season two when uh when they killed Sean Astin. And I was like, yeah. why? Why? Oh, okay. like, he he Sean was Astin's the most purest being ever. Like, why are you why are you killing him? He should have. He would have made a great step man. But that's the thing is he wasn't even supposed to be. They only he was only supposed to have a very minor role. Yeah, he was supposed to get they, killed off like pretty immediately. Yeah, exactly. But they end up loving him so much and like loved working with him. And they're like, "Fuck, we got to make your character like have a bigger role for your character." So, but so, yeah, I mean, I, I know it's and I know it's kind of like rom rom com, uh, kind of a rom com question. But do do, do y'all prefer uh, uh, you know Sean Astin's character with uh, uh, Winona Ryder or Hopper? <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean Hi, Hopper's Harper. like the John Ben, the John Bender of like, uh, yeah. of like Stranger Things. Like, you know, I want to see him get the win. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I, I mean, uh, I loved his character in it, but you know, they weren't the best fit. It was a thing of like he really liked her, but you could tell, you know, she was more into him because of like the stability and the safety that he, you know, provided. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean. I don't know. Either way, I, I guess they, they. I was reading some of the character bios and some of like the newer characters coming up for season four. And uh, man, the one thing I love about Stranger Things is is it really just is a great nod to the eighties. And yeah. uh, there's so many references, including uh, uh, Jonathan Byers, uh, Will's older brother's new best friend, who is a stoner pizza delivery boy in town and i'm like i i said i said some spicoli going going on there uh some spicoli action so um i was like all right yeah that's cool like i, I could be down with that I, I do like the the subtle like some of the nods that they, they do put in there yeah, so it's fun um i really started i i don't season one was uh, you know i really didn't get into it as much as everybody else did like season two not so much for season three like that's that blew oh, me away that was season three is my favorite season yeah. so far uh, so I just hope they, they keep getting better with that. Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but hey, uh, what are, what y'all been watching, guys? I watched a lot this week, actually. Timothy, did you watch a lot too? I watched I like a, it was a, a, a lot. I, I have a lot to talk about. <laughs> okay. Actually, I'll, I'll try to edit some of it because I watched so much. But tell us about it, Derek. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, I watched. I kind of was kind of binge a little bit on some uh, some Shutter originals this week. So. I should just watch one uh, uh, porno, uh, the Shutter original, and That's, uh, uh, one I wanted to talk about. Man, I I, I really I never want I I'd read about it a while back, but um, yeah, yeah, man, I I, re- I really liked it. I thought it was a great movie. I really liked the characters. Um, I, I love the kind of you know very much like I think like well it must have been like late eighties, early nineties, right? Because it was hard to tell from the beginning of the movie because I was like, are they in the seventies? But then they were talking yeah. about like movies like Encino Man, and I was like, man, what age was I when those fucking came out? <laughs> like I was <laughs> trying to think. So um, yeah. I, I couldn't quite tell, but it, yeah, like I, I really liked, I, I really liked them. I wasn't sure what to expect from it, but um, it, it was really just I thought like a really uh, that was a really well done movie um, this week. I also watched The Leap of Faith, the uh, William Freakin documentary uh, about the exorcist which i thought was actually was actually pretty good um i there's been a lot of docu- I, I feel like there's been like a lot of smaller documentaries and like behind the scenes of, uh, about the exorcist but i but i did think that was it was actually pretty well done like um kind of very informative um i'll say that much if you get it if you haven't had a chance to watch it uh, definitely check it out i thought it was uh, i thought it was really good um I watched, uh, found out that Salem's Lot was on Shutter, so I watched that because uh, you can never get, never gets too old watching a, a classic uh, vampire a vampire movie. Um, and then the last thing that I watched, which I don't even know honestly, like um, how I, I missed it up to this far, and I we never talked about it. James is, um, uh, I watched uh, your recommendation of uh, his house. Oh yeah, okay. Cool. Uh, not not in Shutter, but on, yeah, on Netflix. On Netflix um, yeah. yeah, which I man, I really love that movie. I thought that was so well done. Yeah. Um, I kind of listening to the premise of watching the previews. I wasn't sure if it would be like my cup of tea, but um, yeah, the acting was superb. Like 
just a really great supernatural movie yeah. uh, with so many like un, uh, like really great undertones. Like I think the subject matter was great. I think just the refugee element was amazing. Um, a, not something that you see very often. Um, so I thought that was really a, a kind of a cool twist on it. Um, I just thought it was it was just super well done. Um, I, re I really liked it a lot. So there's, those are a few yeah. that I, I I watched this week. So. Uh, then I watched some. I watched some action movies too. So we'll talk about it next week. But sounds uh, good. Yeah, yeah, I did the same. What do you watch, man? Well, first off, so uh, I'm glad you liked his house because you know it's definitely, you know, it's not the most. Um, I don't know. Like some people can say, maybe it's a little too heavy. Like the overall like theme of it, or it's you know whatever. I mean, I'm you know, uh, people can talk shit about anything, but. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you liked it. Uh, I also watched porno. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, so first, I, I did. I figured, you know, it's the holiday season. I'm going to try to watch the new Black Christmas. Um, and overall, it was fine. I didn't I didn't dislike it. I, uh, you know, I didn't know why they I just didn't know why they called it Black Christmas. That's like I was that's the only thing I didn't get about it. It's like, I, I guess it's just a title, but. So it's just a title. Yeah. I mean, it's a so reimagining of, yeah. you know, yeah. Well, and, you know, I, it's cool that, like, they took a different, you know, I mean, I, 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 I thought it was cool, like, to kind of, like, tackle, uh, you know, a, you know, a societal issue and stuff. And, you know, um, I just, I don't know. I just, it was, it was very much very modern Bloomhouse kind of feeling where it was like yeah. the actors were fine. The script was fine. It looked slick. But overall, it just didn't. It didn't leave me with much. Like I didn't. I didn't finish it going like that was amazing. I didn't go. Oh, that was terrible. I was sort of like, okay, that was a movie. Like it happened. But I don't know. Maybe I'll rewatch it. But it was. It's just too. A lot of it just too predictable. Um, you know, it, it was what really. I guess you know. And and I I love Imogen Poots. Like I think she's yeah. a great actress. Like I have never liked a movie feeling so uncomfortable like by her form as and I guess that was the intention yeah. of of her character but I was like it, every scene like with her just it was just a level I and I that was kind of the underlying tone of like this thing that happened to her that has like haunted her for her, her time but I was like man I just every time she was on screen it just felt so uneasy and uh and maybe that's a good thing in, in her acting ability to, to do that. But I was like, to me, it, it took away from the movie itself for me. Cause I was like, ah, I just feel very, you feel very uncomfortable watching you uh, in these scenes. So. Yeah. I would say like, you know, uh, it, I, sometimes like with these, those issues too, it's, it's become so heavy handed uh, that it, it stops being clever or intelligent or even like worth uh, you know, really tackling, but it, it did get a little heavy handed too. But it, overall, I mean, I'm glad that they did something, try to do a modern horror movie with some sort of, you know, message or point or whatever, just something a little different. But uh, uh, I watched that, by the way, I did get a message saying that my network was unstable. So if, if I start freezing or whatever, just let me know. Um, okay. But uh, I watched that. Um, I watched, um, well, I'll talk about. I mean, they're they're equally worth kind of diving into, but uh, I watched Trucks uh, as well, which is so very quick. Um, the movie Maximum Overdrive was based off of Stephen King's short story Trucks. Um, when you know he wrote when you know Stephen King wanted to make his directorial debut when he made Maximum Overdrive, he obviously adapted his own story. Um, was adapting his own story, but they changed a lot. Um, so I was like, well, let me watch the original trucks. The one that's, you know, fucking waste of time. Uh, I fell asleep like two points into it. It was so boring. Um, is it, is it got the guy from, uh, from like 30 something like Timothy Busfields, like from yes. the nineties. Yes, okay. correct. Um, what a boring ass movie. Um, just, and now I will realize the real, I mean, I've always been a fan of Maximum Overdrive, but now I really appreciate and You know, people talk shit about Maximum Overdrive for the longest time, but, it's an infinitely more watchable movie than uh, uh, the, you know, the second adaptation of the work is. But so 
I, I, well, I'll talk about porno. Uh, I had also heard about it for a long time. I remember seeing the, the trailer for it a long time ago, like months and months and months ago to the point that I, you know, I was wondering if it was ever going to get released. Um, and uh, I actually, again, just like you, I surprisingly ended up really liking, I still don't like the title. Um, it, it doesn't even really fit. I mean, I get, I don't know. I feel like the, the title could have been, it's on one hand, it doesn't even really, I mean, I get, I, it, they think it's a porno, which is how it applies in the movie. Uh, spoiler alert. But um, but it also just, it doesn't, I, w- I could have th- think of a thousand just more catchy titles. Where either, it doesn't matter. Anyways, the that's a sort of nitpicking. But um, I, like you, I love the cast. I thought everybody was great. Even the shit I didn't really understand, like the things they didn't explain, like why is this, is this a Christian run movie theater? Like, like is I, that a thing? Like, I, I think so. I, that's kind of like the impression that I got was like there was like the the, the manager was just like heavily Christian, or that it was just you see like a very Christian town, like a very small town, yeah. like everybody goes to church on Sunday um, yeah. type type vibe. But yeah, I thought that at first too because when I saw that, I was like, but then they were talking about playing Encino Man, and I was like, well, like. Yeah, like what are they? You know, like I don't know. Like, does it seem like you're playing those type of like really overly religious movies? I think. Um, I think anything. It's just a like you know. Yeah, it's a conservative movie theater that probably doesn't wasn't showing like you know '90s slasher movies and stuff. But either way, and again, I'd like you too. I thought the time frame like it didn't feel overly '90s. Um, but that, that's sort of, I think that's what they were going for is like, it was a set in the nineties. So, but either way, I thought the overall story was pretty fun. I thought all the cast was great. Even like the guy that played, um, Beekman or whatever, the, the original like theater owner was interesting. Oh the, yeah, yeah. The girl who played the, was playing the, uh, succubus. I, I mean, even though that's not really an acting thing, I, I shouldn't really say much, but I liked her. Got an Oscar for me. That's yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> two thumbs up but the but yeah i thought it was good i i mean i i thought i went in expecting very little and it was like wow that was a solid little flick with a lot like a pretty fun storyline the whole thing with, like the two friends like that was like really sweet and wholesome and like really like oh i like this story but uh and i yeah. thought the kid well i mean that's yeah that, i mean that's the thing is like when i when i watched the, the whole opening scene it's like dirty little perverts but like those two ended up being like some of my like favorite characters even the uh the projectionist guy who i was like yeah. man this guy's gonna suck so bad <laughs> by yeah. the end i was Same. like i was like i was like man i really i really like this guy he just just unfortunately been screwed over like way too many times but um i yeah, did enjoy the like, distinction go ahead no no go right ahead uh, oh no i was just gonna say i did like the distinction they they kept making like it's not metal it's hardcore because uh, there was a time I remember my time in the scene when people would get when hardcore kids uh, didn't want to be associated with metal. Now they all it's all the same shit. But uh, yes, X is on his hands. Exactly. <laughs> um, straight edge Christian hardcore straight edge. God damn, there's like my Southern California upbringing. But um, but yeah, anyways, you were gonna say though. No, I, what, what I really appreciate about the movie is is as being as like far fetched as it is. Like I I love the kind of like overly i guess i don't want to say anti-religious like overtone with with the movie but like i very much grew up with people that were very much like the you know the guy that ran the movie theater was like don't be tempted by the sins of man you know like uh don't don't look at those boobs you know those lead into it's a gateway I, i remember one time uh somebody actually like gave me the lecture of like when Ted Bundy was interviewed in prison, he blamed it all on pornography. And I was like, well, he was on death row, man, and was looking for like a reason probably not to be executed. So I'm pretty That's much right. sure he would have he would have blamed it on cocaine if he if he had the ability to. Um, Absolutely. So, but it was really funny. So like you know, and then you know, of course, throughout the story, you find that that person is an extreme hypocrite and like taping people, you know, in a women's bathroom, and you know everybody's belief system is like totally blown. Um, but I love the fact that they make one of the characters like, you know, gay, they do go to conversion camp. I, yeah. I just thought all those were really just great 
not spoiler alert truly does happen and spo- sorry spoiler yeah spoiler alert um well <laughs> hey if you listen to our show you should probably use it by yeah. time so the, um, it's it's the, it's the movie say. misfits guarantee so. that our spoiler alerts will come at after we've spoiled it so <laughs> you <laughs> should listen to the podcast right. in reverse if you don't <laughs> if you want to avoid spoilers yeah, exactly fine i'm just gonna start my, my entire intro from now on it's just gonna be like spoiler, spoiler alert, alert. I'm exactly. probably going to ruin something for you in this entire podcast, but Absolutely. yeah, I, 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 yeah, I really liked it quite a bit. It was, it was way better. It made me laugh quite a bit as well. So. Absolutely. I, I, I look forward to whatever that the, that creative team does again. Uh, yeah. The other thing I want to talk about, um, I've been deep diving into all this, like all, all these uh, obscure, more obscure seventies uh, and eighties and early nineties releases um, or revisiting things I haven't seen in a long time. Um, and I, I I hadn't even heard about it until I think when they they first when um, uh, the American Genre Film Institute uh, first um, said they were putting it out. Um, but uh, I watched this movie called Scary Tales from 1993, uh, uh, written and directed and produced by this guy named Doug Ulrich, um, who's the number one most talented Ulrich I can think of. Um, but uh, it is um, it is basically so in 1993, this guy who's in from Baltimore um, was just making these short shot on video, uh, you know, horror movies. And his, he made a feature length with his friends. And it was I mean, you can tell they had zero budget. They had zero. But do they made a, a full length, you know, a 90 minute, like almost like anthology horror movie. Um most people would say it's terrible. Um, people with specific taste will tell you it's brilliant. Uh, I'm definitely more in the uh, latter camp. I think for what, having no money, having no actors, uh, they made one of the most likable, uh, like little fun horror movies I've seen in a long time. Um, he's made some other things since. Uh, the the one, one thing I'll say, this Blu-ray release um, that they put out is fantastic. Um uh, the, I mean, it's got a ton of extras. It's got uh, like his other shorts that inspired it. Um, the, uh, uh, there's like commentary tracks and everything. Um, I'm trying to think if it's a vinegar, who said put it out? Was it vinegar syndrome? No. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, AGFA, um, and bleeding skull, but it definitely, if you have a chance to pick it up, if you are in, if you're, you're out there listener and you want an, a very original, uh, uh, you know, shot on video horror film that you probably haven't uh, seen before. Uh, I'd highly recommend it. It's definitely worth owning. And, you know, you go to support an independent artist and an amazing label. But, um, you know, it, the last the last story is like this D&D thing, and I think it's the weakest of the three stories. But even then, it's so ridiculous. It, it's so, there's, it's just so goddamn charming. It's so likable. Like, it's just so much fun and like, uh, you know, it's it, I I I had such a blast watching it that I ended up watching it the next day too, um, just because I was just like it was, you know, the kills are really funny and like obviously like you know, uh, you know you're watching it and it's knowing that like like yeah this is like they had no budget, these aren't professional filmmakers but, uh, you know Doug Ulrich, I think really you can tell he was really passionate about what he wanted to do and about making horror movies and the love comes out on the, the screen. And I thought, I thought it was a blast. I highly recommend it, but you know, obviously, you know, for f- people who are fans of, or who do not mind shot on video, very, very like zero budget filming. Um, but yeah, I, was, it, I loved it and I would highly recommend it. Awesome. That's great, man. Two things I was going to ask you about. Uh, one is, uh, so I, I saw you posting your Instagram, uh, sorority babes in the slime ball bullorama yeah how a have i not heard of this movie um i'm just gonna have to get the the full moon um app solely just to watch this um i was also into and you know they're 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 in production of filming a sequel to that for slime ball babes yeah it's actually in it's it's in filming status right now I, i don't know if that's like fully I have not heard that. IMDB is uh, sometimes will keep things on there for a while, but I I looked it up because there was a sequel uh, to it that 
that had some of the main characters that were back. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, the it's very very modern cover. That's interesting. I haven't heard that. I'll have to look into that. The uh, I mean, the original that was one of USA Up All Nights like go to. I mean, literally it was that and uh, All Night. <laughs> what's up? I said it's, it's USA Up. All, All night, night. exactly. With, with Rhonda Shears. Rhonda Shears. And yeah, I'd say I, I prefer Rhonda Shears. Um, but yeah, it was one. It was it, that and uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown were two of their like staples. Yeah, I do remember um, that one. Um, I, I, it's funny though because uh, I also had recently watched a uh, this horror movie um, called Gutter Balls, which I think is from the early two thousands. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Derek, oh it def- I, 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 let me look it up real quick. But it sounds so familiar. Uh, I swear you, that I probably have. It sounds like I mean it's definitely a movie that I feel like you could appreciate at least aspects of it. It's 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 I mean it's filled with despicable characters that you don't you'd like you want everybody to die and it's got some really goofy but the violent the gore is Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I see this is the one in the bowling alley. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like the, the killer who has the bowling bag ball or the bowling ball bag yeah. on his head, the bowling bag yeah. whatever. Anyways, but yeah. yeah. Uh so that's what I watched uh but yes uh, I, now I have to look up slime ball, ba- slime. God damn it! Sorority babes and slime ball ballerama part Pickle. part do um, part do part dos. Um, the other thing I was going to mention is: Do you guys hear the uh, the theme for Jordan Peele's next uh, third socially conscious film? Is uh, going to take place in a Walmart based like establishment? Interesting. Like it's okay. gonna, the main character is going to work, or like it's going to be centered around this like Walmart esque uh, environment. I thought that, that was like super interesting. I don't know why, but I was like, I mean, if you've ever been to Walmart, is, the, the people Walmart are fucking it, freaks it, it you, literally. So. It is it is probably my favorite website. Is the people yeah. Walmart? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see, very interesting yep. shit uh, at, at Walmart. Uh, I. Yes, and in one of my many travels across the U.S., I uh, had 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 the privilege of just wandering around a Walmart in the most southern part of Arkansas, and that in itself was I didn't even end up buying anything, but yet I was there forty five minutes watching everybody. I believe it because I was just so enthralled with like these are fucking real people. I mean, I read about them online and people at Walmart, but they're, they're really here. I have to wander around. Let me go to sporting goods. This is going to be interesting. So, uh, yeah. Great. Yeah. I believe you. <laughs> but speaking of sequels, that's, that's what we're talking about tonight. We're uh, talking about the best direct horror movie sequels, uh, to come on. And you know what? There's a lot of them. Yeah. Surprisingly enough. Well, you know, the, one of the reasons I, you know, uh, I was I I don't even, honestly I've, I watched we talked about the, some of the films but I I you know I've been watching movies nonstop um, but I ended up watching something recently and then um, I you know as you do like oh let me I IMDb like this actor I'm like this actor's familiar who is he anyways but I just saw a bunch of hate for uh, the sequel and I was like I think the sequel oh it was hell it was Hellbound Hellraiser two and it's the best um, Hellraiser sequel I don't know why there's hate for it. Yeah, and I mean, like, some of the criticisms I can sort of see, but some of them I think are, like, stupid. But we, we can get into it. But I, I was like, dude, I same as you. I'm like, that's my favorite. Even though uh, Hell on Earth gets really dumb and some of the Cinebite designs are a little fucking ridiculous, I still do like Hell on Earth, and I think it's actually, at the time, is one of the, the scariest. The trailer scared scared me, just because Cinebites just walking around downtown is a freaky thought. But um, but I was just like, it's weird though. Some people just like, it doesn't matter. Like some people like the first film is, is Holy Grail and anything that comes after is shit. And um, the other reason I thought about it is because uh, apparently the Chiodo brothers are there. They have some, they're working with Netflix. They have a contract with Netflix. I guess they already released some holiday movie, but that they're tr- from space too. Yeah. And that Netflix, I think they're trying to get Netflix to, uh, to finalize it, to agree to it. And of course, it was a bond line like this. Fuck sequels. Sequels are stupid. Um, you know, this movie doesn't need a sequel. And this this one guy who I just I normally avoid commenting or replying to, to, to social media at this point in my in my many years of age. Um, 
I learned the futility of online arguments, which used to be one of my favorite pastimes. But <laughs> this guy was saying about how, you know, what made 80s movies so great is that they weren't trying to be campy. And, and I was like, look, I actually kind of agree with you that, you know, what made a lot of 80s movies is that they weren't trying to be campy. They were trying to be sincere, but sometimes, you know, out of, you know, one reason or another, whether it's age or, you know, whatever reason, uh, a lack of, uh, you know, a greater set of expectations than your talent allows. Like some things end up campy, but not necessarily on purpose, which kind of adds to the appeal. I can agree with that point to a degree, but I'm like, if you're trying to tell me that the original fucking killer clowns from outer space isn't campy on purpose, you're fucking retarded. It's called <laughs> killer clowns from outer space. The whole idea is, and of course it ended up getting uh, a, a bunch of people agree with me basically, but it made me think about sequels. And I'm like, uh, the point is I was right. Yes. <laughs> because again, I mean, that's, that's not even like, I mean, that's not even like opinion. I think, that's just like logic. I think anybody, right. whether you're even a fan of the movie, can immediately grasp its intentional camp. Uh, which well, is what I mean, that's the thing. Is like, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Is there? There are movies in the '80s that are totally intentional to be campy. It's like Ghoulies, for example. Like you don't, you know, you don't expect a movie like that to to be. I think you froze, James. Um, to really not be campy, just based on the, you know, for what it is. Yeah, so, definitely. I, I agree with you. Like, I, I do agree that, that there are a lot of great 80s movies that were not intentionally campy, but ended up being great because they were campy. But I think there are a lot of 80s movies that were solely intended to be campy, and that's exactly what they were. And that also made them great. Yeah, too. but I, I think Killer Clowns is, that, is that, that one exception there to where it just it falls under, like, yeah, we know what we're doing. Uh, just, just accept. Go it. along with the yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah, and uh, it worked because they were smart. Like they understood that perfect balance of making it silly, but also making it genuinely pretty weird and creepy and fun. And but yeah, so um, you know, I, I'll ask you, Eric, to start. Like, is there any like what, when you say like great sequel, what comes to your mind? Like, what's the one of the first one you think that comes to mind? I think I think what well, there's a lot. I think the first Same. one that 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 always like jumps out at me is is actually and it's I, I think a lot of people agree it's um, it's well screaming too well I think it's um, I think that to me like I like that movie far better than the first one it's it's probably in the order of my favorite like screen movies um, so to me that's always in it to me it's always a great example of like it's a movie in itself. It makes fun of like sequels um, yeah. in a sense, because the whole, like there's this the whole discussion about how sequels are intended Sucks, to be yeah. inferior films. Yeah. Like why do people want to even make a sequel in the first place, which I always find in the kind of the vein of what those movies are very meta anyways. But, um, but yeah, I just thought it was, it was a lot more original. It was a lot more fun, uh, a lot more great kills. Um, I think there are, there are a lot of really great elements to it. So um, to me, even though there's there's a lot of great sequels that come along, um, that's just one of many. That's always the one that comes to mind when somebody's like, well, what's a, a sequel to you that I think is better than the first one? I think the original screen is very iconic, but the second one, I think, is, is really like, like, if that didn't come along and wasn't, it wasn't good, it, it wouldn't have like spurred the other yeah. uh, in the series. Yeah. It's one I always go back to, like if I'm watching things, like I'll, I'll watch the second one before I watch any of the other ones or I just want background noise on. So. I, I think, I think, uh, I think it figured out what it was and, and, and yeah. it just grew from it. Like it, it really, it blossomed from the first one. It's like, all right, cool. We figured out what works and then let's just not, not, not even go overboard with it, but just had that per like, like the reference that, that Jimothy made was just find that perfect balance of, of like the hokiness yeah. of the, of the, uh, of, of the nods to the other movies and then incorporated to its own movie. I, I, yeah, and I, I will agree with you. I, I, I would definitely say it's a very great sequel. I think more than anything, I think the opening sequence is one of, I think, the most uh, perfectly done, especially modern horror-like sequences. Um, you know, yeah. especially if, you, if you'd if you seen it in the theater uh, when it had come out. Like, you know, there's something... I, I, I'm just a sucker for that concept anyways, but uh, um, for like, you know 
scary movies that take place in movie theaters. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, w- I would definitely agree. It's a, it's a, you know, uh, it's a, uh, and it's definitely the best of the the subsequent sequels, hands down. It's the best of the uh, the remaining ones, as far as I'm concerned. Um, first one I'll mention, and it's sort of, it's in its own realm um, because it's still never. I mean, you can't really classify it as a remake. Um, but I mean, it's it's got, got two in the title, and it for you know the viewers can't see my zoom background, but it should give it away right away, which is Evil Dead 2, which basically took everything good about the first one and just turned it up to 11 and really made oh, a yeah. much more concise movie. But again, it's it's its own weird thing because it's basically essentially retelling the exact same story as the first one, uh, just changing a few things. But um, I would say the other one that's pure, like I'd say the one, whenever anybody says a, the best sequel in horror film history. The first one that always pops in my mind and will always pop in my mind is Bride of Frankenstein. Um, very much similar to Evil Dead 2, where as great as James Whale's original Frankenstein movie is, Bride of Frankenstein is superior in every single way. It's one of the most beautifully shot films in the history of cinema. The pa- the pathos is there. Um, everybody's performance is great. Um, letting Karloff be more human in the role and having you know even more range of emotion i think was just made him even more tragic as a character it's it's got anyways yeah brad frankenstein is i will all say is like it's not only is it one of the greatest sequels just in film history it's one of those examples all and maybe somebody could argue to they always in fact scream uses the, the reference but it's sort of the godfather 2 uh, scenario where it's like it's so good it's even better than the original so right. uh i will go on and use those two as the first ones i, I wanted to bring up yeah I, I think you also touched on the other one which i we, we were just talking about which was hellraiser the second one as well yeah. like that to me like i remember seeing the original hellraiser in the theater with my dad it was like hey, i always drove around it's like the only movie ever took me out of and it was more for the boobs than it was for the But part two is really what drew me into the series. Like, and, you know, I think the, the introduction to um, more, the more introduction into the Cenobites, like the behind the scenes, like the, this alternate dimension, more in Pinhead, like to me that, that really uh, made Pinhead more iconic, like than he previously was in the first film like he he was a character but honestly like in the first film was really frank frank was the big like he was the big bad in a lot of ways and so yes you had this other element of pinhead but like you didn't really know what that what those groups were about except for like they were kind of retrievers but like you really get a sense for that in the second one and and again i don't understand why there's hate like i feel like two and three are actually like probably some of my favorite ones out of the entire series, uh, but definitely two is one that, to me, and the same thing with Evil Dead too. Like Evil Evil Dead Two, I always thought it was almost in a way like even though you're kind of taking what Evil Dead One did and like making it better with a better budget, it was also very original in a sense to do that because yeah, you, you knew what it worked. So like, and there's just so many additional like fun elements within yes. Evil Dead 2, like, well, you know, one of my favorite scenes, like, I never got it until I was older, was, you know, when Bruce Campbell cuts off his hand. And if I have to say spoiler alert for that, people, like, you were definitely watching the wrong podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but like, he cuts off his own hand, and he puts it under a bucket, and then he puts, like, literally a book that says farewell to the arms, <laughs> like, on top of it. <laughs> like, it doesn't get any more, I mean, it doesn't get any, like, subtly humorous than that. And then on top of that, you also have like Bruce Campbell's just slapstick, like physical comedy that goes goes along with that. So um, taking everything about the first one and just redoing it in the second one is, yeah. Um, but you can do it because it, that's a story that very much centers around this supernatural element within this cap. And obviously we know in the third one, like time travel is possible and things, you know, things can change. So um I, I thought that was one that was like, hey, we, we could do it. We could do it better. We could do it on a budget. Like, let's kind of do it over again and, yep. and see what happens. And, and Dead by Dawn was uh, was one of my favorites. Like, and having watched it, ever seen the first one, I was like, oh, like, there's a no-brainer if I had to pick between the two. Like, I would definitely always go for the second one. Yeah, I mean, to touch on 
on Hellbound, as far as like criticisms go, there there is some, you know, some people feel like the special, the '90s special effects. I think their version of the labyrinth or whatever hell or whatever you want to call it. I think it looks cool. I think it still holds up. But some people feel like it, it feels cheap and this, you know, like feels like a matte MC Escher matte painting and stuff. But I really like it. People think that um, Leviathan the special effects for the Leviathan are a little hokey. I can see it. It works for me. Again, I saw the movie when it was relatively new as, you know, when it had come around the time it had come out. So at the time it didn't seem as, you know, it seemed like what, you know, films were capable of doing, but um, one big criticism is basically like, I love Chouinard. I think he's the coolest, uh, just everything about him is so creepy. And he, I mean, and, and the actor who portrays him does an amazing job, but you know, basically being like an extension of Leviathan's dick uh, is just so creepy and weird and his little like penis fingers and like, but you know, the fact that he nerfs all of the, uh, the Cenobites, like he kills the Cenobites so easily that, you know, you're like, wait, what? This, this could have been like a, this like interesting, you know, showdown, but basically he just like quickly kills them all. Uh, which, you know, I don't necessarily like it. What, that wasn't something that like when I watched it, I was like, you're just you're just in the story but in hindsight you know you had built them up over the first movie and through the you know first half of the second movie and they don't really get to see him do anything cool or whatever so that that was uh, i could see that being a sore point but yeah. overall i think it's infinitely more rewatchable than the first one i think it's a infinitely better the 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 storyline with the human characters i think is more interesting i think it moves at a better pace uh in in pretty much every way i think it's like genuinely it's just as creepy as the first one but with a bigger it felt bigger um so uh i i'm a huge fan of hellbound hellraiser 2 myself um another one i want to talk about which is maybe not as uh this one's probably more divisive it definitely has people who uh love it um but diehard fans of the originals at the time hated it but it's one of my favorite sequels of all time and that's texas chainsaw massacre 2 um (laughs) You know, they, I, I thought you were going to go somewhere different on that, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that one. We just talked about it on a recent podcast, but so I won't go too much into it. But again, just the idea of like, oh, so the first one was this grimy, very like almost documentary feeling, like dirty feeling, uh, realistic horror movie that really like, you know, uh, you know, was truly disturbing and with a lot of psychological terror. Well, we can't top that. So how about we just make it really fun and rock and roll and crazy and silly with really over-the-top outrageous characters? And I love it. I fucking was like, I still think it's the smartest thing that they could have done. Toby Hooper, like, you know, and again, I think it's one of the most rewatchable horror films ever. I've watched it a thousand times and it just, it, it gets, I never get, and again, I still think it's genuinely creepy when they show up to the radio station uh, I'm generally like I'm generally creeped oh, yeah. out by the, but anyways, I, 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 I mean, know. Well, yeah, even the scene, even the scene where stretches in the basement and wakes up and sees yes. her radio guy with like his face missing, like yeah. she's wearing his face, and then yeah. he's got like bits, <laughs> but yet he still finds a, a way to, to to free her. You know, like yeah, I, yeah, I think part two is like a hundred times more fun. Um, I love the opening scene with the two guys like the oh, two I love it. It's one of the most the iconic. Like, yeah, it's just you know <laughs> with, with uh, you know yeah he's got you know just cutting through that and then you know of course Dennis Hopper's character like completely <laughs> over the top and but you know in a, in a way ties into the first one you know very similarly to you know being obviously like Franklin the wheelchair gentleman you know uncle right. Um, or brother, I think. No, maybe it's uncle. Um, but you know, tying it back know. to the first first one, um, and, you know, finding him, you know, in, in that uh, basement scene as well um, as a corpse. You know, it, it does have nods, but it's it's also very ritual and can stand on its own. Um, and obviously, the Bill Mosley is chopped top is like Such I don't know how you, how you how you get any any better than that. And that's where actually I thought you were going to go with this was actually either in discussion of like Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 or Devil's Rejects, which was both. I, both I don't of think those are on my list. Yeah. Both of those I are on my list. I, I, I quick, think Devil, yes, yeah, no, go right ahead. I was just going to say real quick, the one thing I always liked about Hopper's character is that watching it, you never see, like outside of Ash and the Evil Dead, 
you never have a protagonist in a horror movie who is out there to kick at, who's like, I'm coming to kill you. Like yeah. you never, it's usually, it's like usually a stalk and chase, or, you know, a, a, a killer who's chasing a victim and, and the protagonist is on the run. Fuck that. Des Hopper's got two chainsaws. He's coming for you. Well, and, I mean, and that's the thing, right? He could have got himself. a gun. He could have got a shotgun. I mean, no, he, nope. grabs, he grabs literally the weapon of choice of the killer. And it's like, I, you know, you do it. You have one. I'm going to take two. And I don't two. care if I die. And I just thought like, that was, I was just like, I was like, damn, like this motherfucker's up for a fair fight. Like, and I just enjoyed that, as, especially when I was a younger guy in, in my teens. It was like, dude, finally, some of these, like, fuck this. I'm going to kill these guys. And I just thought it was cool because, again, that's not like something that happens in horror too often. So, but yeah, I'm sorry. You were going to say about uh, 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 Halloween 2, uh, Rob Zombie. Yeah, Halloween well, two, I was going to say, you know, like, I think, I think Devil's Reject is, is a no brainer, right? Yes. For a lot absolutely. of reasons. Like, I'm a superior movie. Um, Quality wise, I think direction of the characters, um, you know, I think just the, the, the you know, soundtrack, the, the film elements, like, you know, I, I, funny enough, I just watched House of Thousand Corpses again the other, the other night. And, and I like the movie. It's a, it's a fun movie. It's very much like, but it, in a way that is not as like fun as I say, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. It's, it's just way over the top. But at the time, you didn't really know. Hey, this is like to your point. I think and we said this before. Like, it ends up just turning into a Rob Zombie music video. Which, yes. at the time when it came out, that's what you knew Rob Zombie for was just music, you know, music and White Zombie and you know his solo. So, like, watching a movie that it's pretty much the essence of Dragula, rated R and C seventeen, wasn't all the order, but it was you know like cutting edge for the time, right? It was very like limited release, like people were excited to see this movie and then you get devil's rejects that comes out like and it's just like i feel like okay well like now he's really like explored the characters more and kind of the the, the chains are off in a sense and he's doing what he wants to do and it just created this far more superior it's scarier film you know yeah. i mean the whole to me the whole motel scene was way more scarier than like the house scenes like that they had yeah. at the Firefly Ranch. Like the fact is like they're in these like shithole sh motels. And like, that's kind of what I was thinking of when I passed by a shithole motel. It's like yeah, for real. crazy stuff like that happening. And um, you never knew who could knock on your door. And, and then you have these, you know, you have these, these folks and, you know, of course, exploring more Captain Spaulding's character, the connection to the family, I think was needed um, because you don't really know how he fits in like in the first film. So yeah. Um, and the same thing with, with zombies, like the, the Halloween too, like, you know, I think that's also another example of like where he, you know, he's going to do it. He's going to do it his way. And I think we've talked about this before. Like, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of his, his Halloween, like Halloween movies, but I can appreciate them for what they are. But like two is just really all, you know, it is balls to the wall. Yeah. Like, and that's what kind of makes it better than the first one, because just solely for the fact that it is. Like it is more out there, and I think it takes a lot more liberties, like with characters yeah. that you don't get a chance to see in the first one. That I actually like, I appreciate it. I, I like, I like the fact that Laurie Strode's character in the second one is completely fucked up. Yes. Um, yeah, you know that she's a basket case, she's a hot mess. Like, and, and the fact that her friend, who you know Daniel Harris's character, is still trying to hold it together, you know, and, and help her friend, but at the same time, like sees how off the edge she, she truly is. So yeah, um, I think both of those are great examples of like where movies can, the second time around can really just uh, hone and give the, the artist a little more liberty to, to do what they want to do. And it makes it almost, it makes it a better film. I agree a hundred percent. And I mean, I agree with all your points. And I, I think, you know, specifically to Devil's Rejects, I think it's much more a cohesive film where Rob, I, I will go on record. And I, I'm, I don't even think I've ever said this on the podcast before, but I will say I love, I love the first 30 minutes of house of a thousand corpses. I, I love, first off, I love the name house of a thousand corpses. I remember hearing it being like, well, that's just fucking perfect. Um, the whole opening sequence, the theme song, all the imagery. I mean, again, vi visually me and Rob zombie, I, I totally appreciate his, his design sense and his like, you know, his weird, 70s obsession meets you know the sort of uh, 
there's like yeah he just he's a he's a boiling pot of all these all of his different influences and i think he's stylistically he's always been on point i think as a filmmaker he tried to throw too many things into uh he just didn't he tried to just get as out there as crazy as he wanted to in his first film and just created ended up creating a very uneven film i think you know I, i've said it before but the last half everything with dr satan just goes what the fuck where they were building up something a little bit more like it becomes like cart- like kind of a cartoonish version of what the first half sets up but but where with devil's reject he was just like nope this is going to be like a uh you know it's like texas chainsaw meets dirty mary crazy larry like uh you know it's just it's going to be that this 70s like crime it's you know one part like bonnie and clyde versus like one part you know uh the hills have eyes meets one it's you know, he just took all of his weird influences and his and his like this aesthetic, this dusty seventies, you know, aesthetic. And I think it just again, soundtrack is phenomenal. Uh, the cinematography is great. It's every act is solid. So, um, and I again, it, you know, it's it will probably go down in history as the his biggest achievement in film. Uh, Halloween two is actually a terrible movie, but it's just a movie that, you know. Um, ends up working almost despite itself uh, because, you know, instead of trying to play with the, uh, you know, I, I mean, he does the opening sequence with the, the um, with the, it's very much an ode to the original uh, Halloween two, but after that, it just like the movie just becomes its own thing. And it's like, you know, Michael Myers spends half of the movie, not even looking like Michael Myers, which I, I am a fan of. Um, he's big ass Harry Sasquatch looking fool. Um, and he just creates a man. Big, yeah, exactly. Looks like a big, scary homeless guy, like a giant, scary homeless guy. Um, but other than that, like, just everything about it was way more fun. Like the whole thing with the, 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 the party, the strip club sequence, and those characters, which I thought were really interesting, larger than life characters. I really liked that, that sequence. It, it, that felt like exactly like what Rob Zombie is. It's like kind of like sleazy, kind of like, you know, you know, unlikable people, but in a way that's fun. Um, I just think it's, you know, if you take it on the merits of a film, uh, is it a, you know, is it a, a good movie? Uh, probably not, but it's a really fun movie. And especially because of it, just, he basically said, fuck this. I'm going to do everything that's probably going to end up making fans of the original Halloween uh, series upset. Cause now it's just like, Oh, you like his, you know, his iconic, you know, what you know jumpsuit and, and mask now he's gonna ha- look half of this with his beard showing and his long hair and his like so oh, for all those reasons I, I i am a fan um one movie maybe not on everybody's list of phenomenal sequels but is a personal favorite uh is um ghoulies 2 um i think ghoulies the original ghoulies as much as i liked it as a kid and, and again at the time which is weird to think now but ghoulies was a very controversial movie and it came out um, because it was, you know, it was playing off the gremlins, but obviously it was way more like lewd than the gremlins. And they had the toilet thing, which, um, but it's actually kind of a, I mean, the first Ghoulies is kind of a boring movie. The first like 40 minutes is very slow. Um, you know, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not like as fun and as campy as you would have, you would think in hindsight, where Ghoulies 2 is exactly that. It's fun, it's campy, it's silly, uh, but it's, it's a really fun movie. And like, um, you know the characters are all do really well in their parts uh you know it's it's just so rewatchable and so much fun um you know weirdly like ghoulies three ghoulies go to college is probably it has the best actors in it, it has definitely the most like well-known actors in it um you know it, ghoulies three in its own right is probably in lots of ways the better of the three films except for everything to do with the, it's like ghoulies three is like a really fun college like sex comedy that just happens to have ghoulies in it. <laughs> and it's really kind well, of a bizarre, but, but I, the, I think that's, that, that's what makes it fun, you know? And like in, in that same vein, like I, I think of like basket case two in the, yes. in that same realm, right? Like basket case one is, is very gritty and um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's its own thing, but it, it's not great. But like when you get, in the introduction to like Basket Gates 2, where you literally have a house full of freaks. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, uh, and, you know, and you have Belial 
and, and his love interest Eve, and you literally have mutant fucking. I mean, like, yeah. I just like <laughs> it, it's like this fun, terrifying, like, and then at this point, you're like, you, you're in the movie, you're in, they're not the bad guys anymore. Like, no. you know, like, you know, Blau's brother is the bad guy, like, yeah. the people on the outside are the bad guy, and um, but again, it, I think it just takes it it takes this like very unique u-turn that ends up working for it very much like ghoulies too right like it's it makes it way more interesting like for the type of movie that it is like yeah i please interest me because i don't want to watch a boring movie that's you know that's that's about these characters right like please make it fun yeah and i mean once you you know once you set what the film is in the original the second one you you can you have more fun with it anyways because you know who these characters are you've explained these weird whatever you, you know little Siamese twin thing, or in this case, uh, ghoulies, um, which is so fucking such a dumb name, but uh, uh, but then you've already explained these, this, these like outrageous concepts. So, in the second one, you can usually have more fun, which is you know something that I think when when you have a sequel that doesn't work, at least on the level of watchability, or if it is fun, you know, I can understand maybe not being as intelligent or as well made. But the second one should be at least more fun because you can get a little bit more outrageous. You know who these characters are. You don't need to set up the what oftentimes is the most boring or sort of the most laborious part of watching a film, which is the setup. So usually with the sequels, you can get real crazy with it. And when you don't, as a filmmaker, take that opportunity, I'm always like a little disappointed. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I definitely say like Ghoulies too for me. And again, that's probably, you know, it's not necessarily on the same level as like, say, a... Uh, Evil Dead 2 or, uh, you know, or even a uh, um, Devil's Rejects, but it's one of my personal favorite sequels. Ah, that's a totally good call. I, th- I think you could have movies like that that are like st- still be great movies and better than their like their original counterparts for for just a variety of different reasons. Some of it is just the director gets to take, you know, more creativity into the into the sequel because they have that ability, right? They, they've earned the right to, to do that. And the first time around the studio is like, okay, we're not sure about this. And if it does reasonably well or gains a following, then they're, they're usually like, okay, we're gonna back off a little bit and let you do your thing. And that sometimes can either go good or bad, right? Like you can have movies that are terrible because the direction goes completely off course, but then you can have an example like that where it, it just becomes fun um, yeah. in this case. So, um, you know, and of course, like, I mean, I, we've talked about a million times, but like, and I don't know if it's, it's tough. Cause I don't know if I would, I would rate it in the vein of like being better than the, the original, but it's still to me always just uh, uh, to great sequels. We talked about like Return of Living Dead too. Like, yeah, it's, you know, Return of Living Dead, that one's great. Like is, you know, we said it's like a near perfect zombie movie. But I really love Return of Living Dead too. It has a very special place in my heart, so much like your Ghoulie Sue, it takes it it takes an even more like creative turn, like when you get to part two, it becomes a little more fun, like a little more yeah. humorous, like um doesn't take itself way too seriously. You know, how can it when you have two characters literally from the first one that reprise different roles in the in the second yeah. one? I mean, honestly, but um you know, it's 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 great for its own reasons. It doesn't make the first one any any like less amazing but to me that that's one that's also like very near and dear to me that i was thinking of like that's that's a great sequel um that's true i'm literally looking at the i mean it's every day i sit down to work it's literally dominates my uh my peripheral vision but it's i think for and i think there's a few movies in this podcast that will go down like as official this podcast is an official love letter to sort of movies, Night of the the uh, Creeps. Uh, I think Return of the Living Dead Part Two is one of those because it's definitely a movie for a long time wasn't championed. I think it is now very much like a season of The Witch. I mean, three. I think it's now a movie, not in the same realm, but I think it's a movie that used to be hated, and now people are sort of like, eh, with with hindsight, it's really not that worse than the first one. And yeah, you don't have all the cool punk rock things, and you know, you have like. Uh, you know the uh, Linnea Quigley's tomb dance with her, uh, vo- uh, her, uh, oh, her patch. Uh, yeah, exactly her, her smooth her her Barbie vagina. But um, but yeah, it's a great movie. I I rewatch it pretty consistently, and it's yeah. just it's pure fun. Um, what are, what do you what what do you think is a popular? Is there are there any? Let me rephrase that. 
do you think there's a very popular sequel that you don't think is necessarily is worth worth like you know deserves this sort of pra- uh, you know praise it gets or that you don't see as really deserving of the praise that it gets that's a really good that's a really good question um that's a tough one because I, I I know there are just making them come to my brain is um, not not easy. Um, I mean, some people will say. I mean, I don't know if it's how true it is. I think, and this will vary, like depending on the person. But you know, kind of goes back to our Friday Thirteenth conversation. Is some people will say Friday Thirteenth Part Two is is a great sequel because it is the true introduction of like Jason Voorhees into the franchise. And like some people will say that is the catalyst and that's what makes it better than like the original. I do not agree with that statement um, for a variety of reasons. One, because there's way too many in the series to like really truly say that this is like. Uh, yeah. And it's definitely not one of the stronger. Uh, I mean, there's definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. I will agree with that. I will say one that comes to mind um, and, you know, it's not even they're both based off of books in the same you know, series, but are they officially like sequels? But I know a lot of people love Queen of the Damned more than they like yeah. uh, uh, Interview with a Vampire, and I think that's fucking ludicrous. Uh, sorry, Aaliyah fans, but that movie's trash. Uh, I hate Queen of the Damned. Uh, not because, I mean, not because of Aaliyah. It's not necessarily her fault. It's This movie is just, it's heavy-handed, and it's style over substance. That soundtrack's And honestly, kind of boring. I don't know, Maybe. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess like Trent Reznor did that soundtrack. Did he? Okay, it's good. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. You're right. Okay, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think there are movies that people kind of, and I'm sure they're out there that people kind of lend like a higher level of like credence to as as sequels, like, but that truly, truly aren't right um, for real. Yeah, and I think it's just because like the movie got a sequel, and that's why people are like, "Whoa, it got a sequel!" Therefore, it must be, must have done something right. Um, but I, I don't necessarily that that holds a lot of water. Um, so, no, for real, I agree. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, this but, this is definitely a fun conversation as far as like because there have been a lot of sequels, and again, a lot of sequels are trash. And then there's sequels like The Gate Two, which are just, you know. You know, they're, they're not terrible sequels, but, you know, they don't really, they don't have the, ma- they don't really capture the magic. And then there's just straight up uh, dog shit sequels. One movie real quick I did want to bring up just because um, I did, I didn't even know it existed until recently, but apparently there is a re- sequel to House of the Dead uh, that came out like six or seven years ago, uh, which looked terrible. But I, I read a review that basically sang all of its praise in it and how the director was like, I don't. Basically, the director was a big fan uh, of uh, the video game and also thought like the film that it could have been a franchise worth like really, you know, spending some money on. But he was like, I do not want to, you know, I want to separate it as far away from the um, the Uwe Boll version as I possibly can. And I never I didn't know there was a sequel. And I think mainly because nobody did because of the hate the justifiable yeah, hate that the first one got but i'm curious to check it out just because i'm like oh well i'll, I'll give it a shot but yeah i just wanted to bring that up too just because hmm. yeah no and uh, yeah. speaking of video games too uh video game adapted movies uh john carpenter actually gave praise to the new assassin's creed movie said it was actually good uh which is surprising because you don't see that obviously you don't see no that no video <laughs> game movies um Assassin's Creed seems a little bit more doable. I'm not sure if y'all are familiar with it as far as, you know, uh, the gameplay. Uh, the gameplay actually acts more like a movie uh, rather than uh, your, your traditional video game uh, with its missions yeah. and your interactions with the people. Um, you're walking by through towns and you hear, you, you hear like, side conversations that aren't important to uh, the video game at all. So it's, it's like you're, it's like a real life, it's, it, it, it's a simulated kind of deal versus like a your super marios uh but yeah so that 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 little bit of tidbit news there too but i, I think it would be great like maybe uh for a future broadcast we talk about the worst uh yes sequels down. uh Absolutely. yeah i think that maybe maybe there's another one to tackle uh, as we you know into the new year absolutely and on that note ladies and gentlemen 
We hope you enjoyed this conversation. Uh, what do you think about the movies that were mentioned today? Uh, did you like them? Did you dislike them? Did we forget anything? Uh, feel free to let us know on our new Twitter, uh, which is at Movie Misfits Pod. Um, you know, it's a brand new Twitter account that we have as we transition over to the Movie Misfits podcast uh, starting in January of 2021. Uh, but you can interact with us now on, on the tweeters. Uh, again, that's at Movie Misfits Pod. Uh, M-O-V-I-E-M-I-S-F-I-T-S-P-O-D. And yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, but yeah, of course, uh, if you did enjoy this conversation and you want to be filled in a little bit more, uh, feel free to continue to follow us on the Tank Rodriguez Show podcast uh, on Spotify. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. Um, soon you will be able to to follow the... Uh, the movie Misfits Pod, uh, you know, we'll get a little intro thing going on. That way, you're you're prepared and ready for when we do launch. Uh, and really excited about that to get away from that evil Tank Rodriguez. Uh, but that being said, folks, uh, yeah, thank you again for listening to Texas Podcast Massacre. Uh, any last sentiments, guys, before we go? I do. Gobble gobble, motherfuckers. That's right. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Of course. That's right. Yeah. I'm officially going to watch uh, uh, Blood Rage uh, tonight at midnight. I'm going to start watching Blood Rage, the greatest uh, Thanksgiving uh, themed mm. sort it's of Thanksgiving cranberry sauce. Movie. Thanks. Cranberry sauce. Cranberry All right, guys. All right, Have a great guys. night. Thank you so much, Peace. ladies and gentlemen, uh, for listening to Tank Rodri- uh, the Tank Rodriguez Show. We'll see you on the next one, folks. Bye-bye. Happy Thanksgiving. Please stay safe. <laughs>